0: How you doing? Did the Easter bunny come? You guys sound like the Easter, you're the Easter bunny, you're tired, okay? Isn't it awesome that today we get to celebrate um, the, the day that changed everything? And so we're just going to celebrate the Lord here today and just, just worship Him freely. He, it says God inhabits our praise. And so if you want the presence of God here, you got to do what? Praise. Today we're going to talk about um, ascending into heaven um, with, with us where we get raptured out of here. And that um, the the life everlasting is what we're going to talk about. And so, if you don't like praising and worshiping here, you're going to hate heaven. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. So let's just um, start with a prayer today. God, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for your Son who rose from the dead, and just um, thank you, God, just for um, for just loving us so much that you sent Jesus. And so, Lord, as we uh, just celebrate you and worship you, uh, we. We're not only thankful for the, uh, for the resurrection, but we're thankful that we get, we get to have the resurrection through you as well. And we look forward to that glorious day when you return and take us home. So, Lord, just, um, let's just celebrate and worship and the, the risen Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. Praise to the Lord. All right, you can have a seat. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of Heaven
1: and Earth. And in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary,
0: suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell.
1: The third day He rose again from the dead.
0: He ascended to heaven
1: and sits on the right hand of the Father Almighty. From whence He shall come to judge the living and the dead.
0: I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Catholic Church. The communion of saints.
1: The forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of people. And the life
0: everlasting. Amen. we staying at the next service. That's the last time you're going to have to see that video. Um, but um, we're, we've, believe it or not, we've been, el- um, including Good Friday, we've been 11 weeks in this series. So uh, it's been, I've, I've enjoyed doing it. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. Um, we're going to begin with a, a prayer request. I want you to lift up Lou in prayers. We've been lifting him up a lot. Um, and he's, uh, he's really dealing with some health issues right now, some struggles. So I ask that you continue to lift uh, Lou's show in your prayers if you will. Also, Patty Miller asked for prayers, a continued prayer for Caden um, and um, her brother Ricky uh, for breathing problems. So continue to lift the family up there um, especially, and that'll be, that'll be great. All right. Um, real, uh, so and keep everybody else in your prayers. If you got anybody else in the midst of that, we know that anytime during holidays that people, um, people have experienced loss, and um, we know it's difficult no matter what holiday our season is as families gather, gathering, somebody's not there. So let's lift them up in your prayers. So bow with me um, for praying today. Lord, um, we come to you once more, and we give you thanks once again. Um, we ask that your Holy Spirit be very active. I, it's great that the Scripture tells us that you took up our infirmities. Um, by, by your stripes, we are healed. And so, Lord, as we go to people, um, we bring up certain people to you at this time we ask that you uh you bring healing, restoration, forgiveness, whatever's needed here and um we ask for continued prayers for Caden. Um we have such a, a- a great attitude and has been through so much, um, for the entire family, um, for Kendall, Cricket and Mike and Patty and everybody else in the family. We just ask that, um, you continue to strengthen them. Uh, Lord, we also ask for prayers for Ricky Smith, um, for, we ask that you just breathe your life into him and clean out those lungs and, um, whatever else is going on there. And God, for, uh, Lou's show, we know Louis. uh, Spend a lot of time in and out of the hospitals, and so God, we just ask that you, um, you meet him um, with your needs and your healing and your um, and your touch. That just give him peace during this time. For other things that we have, for any other prayer concerns or requests that we may have that we didn't get down, God, we lift them up to you. As today we just celebrate. Um, where Christians all around the world are celebrating the resurrection. God, let us live as those resurrected Christians, not those of Good Friday. And for that, Lord, we give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. All right, a um, couple announcements that we're going to have. I'm going um, to show you 11st we we're going to show the announcement video, and then we're going to show another brief video, and I'll talk about that in a second. And watch this now. so um uh you saw a couple of those announcements there. I know today is Paris Foundation. I don't know how we are with with meals. Anyone know how I many. Okay, good. That's great. Um, always, always tends to happen, so that's good. Um, you saw Community Kitchen, a couple other things that are on there. Um, feel free to, uh, to definitely connect. Um, you can see your uh, QR code bulletins up there. If you want to go ahead and hit that, you can um, while, while we're talking. Um, but the last video is a reference to what's going to happen in the next eight weeks. Um, over the next eight weeks, uh, like for instance, how many, I, I, if I ask a question, I mean, you can, you can raise your hand or not. Some people don't want to. Um, what I find is many people... Um, And many Christians are uncomfortable with prayer. Like we've gotten it to a point where, you know, you ever hear that person who prays and it feels like they just like did a full, like they they wrote the book on prayer, they just sound like marvelous. You're like, I could never do that. Prayer is just basically a conversation with God. And um, what we find out is the disciples, they were good Jewish boys. They they went to synagogue school. They understood that stuff. They knew how to pray. They learned that. But they asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And why did they say that? Because they saw that Jesus had a different type of prayer. He, he He had a communion, a connection with His Father. And they wanted that. And so through that, Jesus shared with them a model for prayer that we as Christians like to Put things in a box that we call the Lord's Prayer, and we took the, and we think that that's a special words. It's not. Jesus was giving us an, an order and an idea of how to really pray in an intimate way with God. So over the next eight weeks, what we're going to do, starting next week, we're going to begin doing a series on the Lord's Prayer. Along with that, we're going to have a church wide study, and we have several different options, um, and um, we have. Uh, we have QR codes and other kinds of stuff that you can get connected on there, and you can sign um, right up um, to, to be able to connect. I also want to tell you, like, I think to get the uh, church app, you have a card in front of you. That kind of helps you with that if you want to go ahead or it's on the seat behind you if you're in the front row. Um, and um, that's in order. We want to get you connected because we love to have people do that. We have options of of they're meeting pretty much, there's a lot of meetings on Wednesdays and there's some every pretty much every night of the week um, or most nights. And a couple of those are also um virtual, that you can have some virtual connection as well as people on site. So even if you're very busy and you want to go ahead and you want to connect in a Zoom or kind of way, we can do that as well. So we have a couple options of that. Because we re- I really believe like the biggest thing that we need is, is prayer. And we really need, in order to do that, we need to know how Jesus did it. And so we're going to learn to get comfortable with prayer. So it's a very simplistic thing. Um, all the materials are provided. We have them. They're through, um, through the internet um, and through uh, right now Media and other things. so we're going to be doing those as a church-wide. Many of our different groups are also going to take time to do that, so we'd love for you to be able to connect, and we do have a list of all those connections on our website and on our app, so you can go ahead and check those. So I'd really love for you to connect, and we have plenty of different ways for you to do that, okay? That sounds good. Everybody, Everybody good? Okay, the Lord's Prayer. So I challenge you to go ahead and, and get connected. To that. And again, um, get the church app. It's really cool. Um, it's really easy, and it'll take you to a place where it walk you through the steps, and we can help you with that as well. Okay, now that we got all that business out of the way, um, let's get moving uh, a little bit further. In our last week—I know, you're very sad, aren't you? Um, we're our last week of the Apostles' Creed, and— um, Today, the title of the sermon today is called Making the Dust Fly, and um, it's Easter Sunday. I'm not giving a spring cleaning message, um, but um, we, throughout this time, we've gone through the Apostles' Creed. We've talked about how when we recite that together throughout history, it, we, we take a stance and we, we um, take a stance against the isms of the world and, and things that are not consistent with God. Um, and then we also pledge our allegiance, just like we did um, as kids to the flag. Um, This one we do to to God through Jesus Christ. And um, and so we've done that uh, throughout every week. Um, And what we've seen, we've seen a lot of different things in the creed. We've seen that that there's some load-bearing walls of Christian instruction and discipline and teaching that is contained in the Apostles' Creed. It's not it's not holy in itself, but it, it's based off of the scriptures. And, um, and so if you remove any of these things, the, the, these walls of instruction, then the whole thing starts to crumble down. And so this, these creeds were given during a time when there was a lot of heresy and people didn't know what they believed. <coughs> Excuse me. And so guess what? In today's world, there's a lot of heresy within the Christian church, and many people do not know what they believe. So we're unpacking this creed to go ahead and share some more. Now, (coughs) as we come down to the end of the creed, um, the Apostles' Creed, it doesn't end with a whimper. Like, okay, cool, that was what we said, bye. It doesn't end that way. It ends with like a a big wow at the end. And that's what we're going to talk about today. (coughs) The wow is this. I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, amen. And amen is a so be it. If you grew up, when I did, after every song you had, uh, amen, anybody remember those? Um, And so, um, but you're just saying, so be it, that you agree with whatever you just previously said. (coughs) So, get on up. I know, you you might feel like you're in a Catholic church today, up and down, up and down, it's all right. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to read the Apostles' Creed. So join with me here. Here we go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell, the third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father Almighty. From whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I finally got it right. All right, I, I didn't say something wrong. Have a seat. Have a seat. All right. I, I always want to say it uh, the way I I learned it, but. Um, Today, if you have your Bible, you can open up. If not, um, hopefully you have, your, you have a, either a paper copy bulletin or you uh, were able to get your worship guide bulletin um, on, through the QR code. We are going to be in Daniel chapter 12 to start off. And Daniel is a prophet. And Daniel is one of the Old Testament prophets who really speaks about future things. And what's really interesting is much of Daniel is not only future to him, but it's future to us as well still today. And, um, and so this is stuff that takes place at the end time. So let's look at what it says in, uh, in chapter 12. It's the second section of uh, verse 1. It says, But at that time, your people, it's talking about the, the end times, um, with Jesus' return, he didn't know. It was specifically Jesus, but the Son of Man. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, that is the book of life, um, will be delivered multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt okay that's a that's a weighty verse that is that is right there and normally on easter you come to church and you hear a pastor talk about the fact that jesus rose from the dead so i'm going to mix it up a little bit today i'm going to talk about the fact that not only jesus rose from the dead and because he rose from the dead that we are going to rise from the dead as well. In order to do that, we have to die. And then when we die, we're raised from the dead. Um, And so that's really the outcome of Easter. The outcome of Easter is that because of what Jesus did, he gave us uh, eternity as well. And so um, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it tells us, Since the children, that's all of humanity, have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, talking about Jesus, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. So this existed, um, that we had sin, sin separated us from God. Because of sin, we uh, were eternally, uh, we were separated from God and we died. And so by dying, Satan had that power because all have sinned. And Jesus came to pay the price, and he was sinless and became the sacrifice once and for all. And he overcame sin and death. And remember the week that we said he descended to hell, we talked about how he went, he descended to hell and said, excuse me, I will take the keys or hold, I now control hell and death. It's it's under my control. And so that's what Jesus did in this, in this whole thing. Jesus came to destroy the power of death, and he did this, it's kind of weird, through dying. Um, it's it's kind of like Jesus went to Satan and said, Hey, I'm going to defeat you. And Satan says, How? He said, By letting you kill me. That sounds like a bad plan, doesn't it? But, it, um, it, but nobody took Jesus' life from him. He had the power to, to lay it down and to take it up again. No one took Jesus' life from him. He freely, freely came to shed his blood and suffer and die. Only because of the death that he knew was in, inevitably facing everybody... On, who He ever created. You and me and everyone else who's gone before or after us. And so in Gen- uh, and what we see here is throughout Scripture and throughout life, um, we have this thing that dust, dust, and, you know, everybody see dust? Anybody have dust in your house at times? Um, uh, dust is a symbol Of death throughout the scriptures. And blood throughout history and throughout the scriptures is a source of life, time and time again. And so in Genesis chapter 3, verses 19, here's what it says here it says, For dust you are. Look at the person next to you and say, You're dust. That wasn't very convincing, but you're dust. And so it says, You are dust, and to dust you're going to return. Don't you feel good about yourself right now that you're all just like dust? You're, you're all just like—that's what's going to happen to you after you live your life. You can live 150 years if you want, if you can, and guess what? You're just dust. You're a bag of bones and dust. Uh, happy Easter, everyone. Um, and so that's what it started from the beginning. Um, I've said before if you're at pretty much every funeral, and you've heard pastors say, "Ashes to ashes, dust to dust." Anybody ever heard that before? It's a statement from Scripture, and it just reminds us that. It's acknowledging that we came from dust as God took the dust and formed Adam and then breathed life into his nostrils. <laughs> so we came from the ground, and guess what? That's where we're going to return. <clears throat> now, we do all kinds of things to keep us from decaying um, as much as, as you used to do. But guess what? If we're left out there, what are we going to do? We're going to decay and turn to dust. So what is dust? I'm going to make you guys want to clean your house today. <coughs> dust is a mixture of, quote, sloughed off skin cells, um, hair, clothing fibers, bacteria, dust mites, bits of dead bugs, soil particles, pollen, and microscopic specks of plastic. You guys really want to clean your house now, don't you? Uh, um, and it gets re- and here's, the, here's the really interesting thing. It gets recirculated. In our house, it moves like dust, dust moves around. If you don't believe me and you think your house is like completely clean, wait till you have like the sunbeam coming in. You know what I'm talking about. And, and you see it floating around and that stuff's being ingested and it's landing somewhere and it's going back. And somebody else is scratching themselves and other dust is going into the air. It's rather disgusting. Am I right? Um, And so it, and it just, and what it does, dust also pulls in contaminants to it. And so what they found out is like when people have vinyl flooring and stuff put in, that there's particles of that in the dust that we ingest in our, in our bodies. So um, isn't it awesome? You guys are really good. You're going to start itching yourself. If I, if I start talking about little bugs that live on us, you're really done. I know. Um, but so we have that. So dust is a picture of death. But blood is of life. Blood, I I looked up, um, it said blood signifies life to the medical practitioner. It feeds every cell in the body with its precious nutrients. And when it slips away, our body falters. Blood is also a picture of Jesus' sacrifice. His death was not a defeat, but a victory. And the blood that fell from the cross to the ground, and I love this illustration, is kind of like Jesus made a fertilizer by which God could bring new life out of the ground. Jesus came to shed his blood so that uh, your life could spring back from the ground. Isn't that cool that you're going to spring from the ground? You're going to like, you're like a perennial. is it perennial? Yeah. it just pop right up like that. That's what's going to happen. What Daniel prophesied about is what we're going to spend our time considering today and what's called the living hope of the Christian church. That Jesus went into the grave and, and came out of it. So guess what? That means that every single person here is part of a terminal disease called life. Every single one of us is going to die. Every single one of us is going to go in some sort of grave. Whether we um, are put in a nice box and everybody gets to see and gawk at us. And which I've told my family, I want to have my hand outside, shaking everybody's hand as they come by. I know, I'm demented. Um, And um, yes, I have. And you can ask any of them, they know. Um, Or you're somebody who got cremated, you just got to dust quicker. Right, We are all headed this way, but the fact is, no matter where we go, that because of what Jesus did, there is a new life that comes out. So we're going to look at four different perspectives about this today, okay? So the first one is this, acorns and oak trees. Everybody say that with me, acorns and oak trees. All right. The biblical understanding of the burial of a follower of Christ is like an acorn put into the ground. It's not when, when you take an acorn and put it into the ground, it's not the end of the acorn. It is just the beginning of an oak tree. Um, and so it's not the, it, it might be the end of something, but it's the beginning of something bigger and greater and stronger. Um, and we often describe inaccurately um, where, you know, like, where we choose to bury someone, and it can be one of the most difficult decisions we ever have. When somebody passes away, where to bury them, and and if you're you're live away, and do you want to have them close to you or whatever else, um, and there's several different particulars that you have to you have to play into. Over the last couple years, we had to go through particulars with mom and dad's funeral, um, with my buddy Donnie, with um, my best friend, Danny, and funerals. And in doing those funerals, I wanted everything to be perfect. I want everything to be perfect for them. Um, and it's kind of weird to say for them because they really don't care at that moment. You know what I mean? It's more for us. And, um, and, and the thing is, you're trying to make it perfect for them, but the fact is they're already perfect because I knew all of them were in heaven with the Lord because the scripture tells us to be absent from the body is present with the lord is to be present with the lord so basically i knew we were not bearing our parents and i was not bearing my friends um because they were with jesus i was bearing the bodies that they lived in and and the thing about that is is that uh, even though i was bearing their bodies and uh, we need to learn something that you are not a body look at the per- look at your second choice of somebody next to you and say you are not a body look at the other person and say you're a soul since you told him you're dust tell him you're a soul um, you will still be you when you are not in your body. When, when you leave the, this, this shell, this, this housing of your body, you will still be you. Abraham was still Abraham. Isaac was still Isaac. Jacob was still Jacob. And God even referred to them long after they were gone, that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why did he refer to them? He didn't say, I'm, I'm, I'm the God of the late Abraham, the late Isaac, and the late Jacob. He didn't say that. He said of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because... Um, he is the god of both, not just the the dead, but he's the god of the living. And um, you are still you, one minute after you die, or a hundred thousand years after you die, you are you in your body or out of your body. You are still a soul. And what we were doing was simply burying the bodies that we love to be around and we spent time around. Um, some of them since before I even came on the scene. It's, it's because of two of them that I'm here today. It's my birthday. I'm 51. Um, I know I look 31. Um, but um, it's because of those two and that I grew up with. And they're not here, but they're still them. And um, we make mistakes at times because it is a difficult choice where to bury someone. Has anybody ever had to plan a funeral for a loved one? It's a difficult thing. And so you go through different funeral homes and you go through different cemeteries and you go through different caskets and plots and everything and you're going through all this. But we make a mistake because often we refer to the graveyards or cemeteries as our final resting place. And I got to tell you something. No one who is in a graveyard it, will it be their final resting place. No one. For believers, you get to go be with Jesus. It's kind of like the mafia. You're taking a dirt nap. All right? It's, it's kind of like that going on. And I'll explain that to you. Um, and so it's, it's our, our, our bodies, our soul goes on to be with the Lord, and that's where the true lifeblood is, the true essence of who we are. And our bodies, which are sinful and fallen, stay here for a time. And um, we're going we're gonna to empty this out. Jesus, when he came to Lazarus, he said, Lazarus is, is, uh, is not dead, but he's sleeping. And the disciples said, oh, we'll let him sleep, he'll get well. And he said, no, he's dead. But he said he's sleeping, all right, because his body was there. He was dead. And it was a temporary thing because God was going to reverse that. When the Christian dies, the body's just chilling out here. The soul goes to be with Jesus. Um, but God promises salvation, not only for our souls. And we focused on that in the church. for um, Jesus saves your soul. That's important because that flows into everything else. But he also promises a salvation for our bodies. is anybody excited about that? I am because this body needs some more, like, resurrection power in it. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul says this. He said, it is in the New Living Translation, it is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies, look at this, how he says it, are planted into the ground, just like an acorn, when we die, but they will be raised to live how long? Forever. 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 They will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried with brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. There's a day, we just sang about it, when Jesus Christ will give the command that the shout of the angel, the trumpet call, and graves will, graves will just start exploding, pop, 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 all over the place. And bodies will once again reclothe with their souls. They'll come together. Um, in the air is what we're told. And then those of us, so the ones who are dead first, they rise in Christ first. So if you're dead, you get to go first. It's kind of like, you know, um, early to bed, early to rise. You know what I mean? So they get to go first, and and but don't worry, it's a twinkling of an eye. So we're going to catch up with them in the air. And we should be comforted by those words. So how will you know it's coming? When you start seeing graveyards Popping up all over the place, you will go woo! Times go, and when that happens, I'm gonna stop wherever I am. If I'm driving my car, I'm getting out, and I'm gonna go like this, my best Superman pose, because I'm gonna fly, and I'm gonna love it because I know what's gonna happen. Um, as a father of Christ, your loved one has gone to be with Jesus, so don't weep for them. Weep for yourself that you're not there. They they are gonna get their new bodies before, and then we'll we'll get them uh, when when. Christ returns. They're getting it first. And then we'll go ahead and hurry up and go. Um, That day should fill us with hope, fill us with expectation, cause us to have an excitement in our hearts. And even though it doesn't look like it, we need to recognize that there is hope in Christ Jesus. Even though it doesn't seem like it and the body's breaking down. Anybody have aches or pains that you never had before? Um, Yeah. Um, But unless a seed goes into the ground. It dies, and it cannot grow and bear fruit. The the Bible says God looks at a graveyard like we do at a garden. The only difference between a graveyard and a garden is what we plant. Anybody see, like, when somebody dies, what what do they put? Three letters. R.I.P., which stands for? And that's wrong. It should be raised in power for the Christian. And that's what it should be. It's not resuscitation. It's resurrection. Lazarus was resuscitated. Because guess what? Lazarus ain't walking around. Lazarus died again. And uh, what happened? Jesus stood in front of the tomb and said, Somebody roll away the stone. You know why? Because Lazarus was dead. He wasn't rolling squat away. All right, He was in there. And then when he came out, he comes out like a mummy, like, you know, like this. And Jesus says, Hey, somebody take those grave clothes off of him. Why? Because Jesus resuscitated him. He was dead and he was resuscitated. Jesus was resurrected and he didn't need nobody to move the stone away. Because these angels popped down and boom, it was gone. And guess what? Jesus didn't need anybody to take him out of his grave clothes because he just whoosh, passed right through it because he was the resurrected Jesus. There's a difference that exists here. He was also no longer bound by nature. That's why he could pop in rooms and pop out of rooms. But he was bodily resurrected because he was hungry and he ate some fish. And he said to others, touch me, proving that he was not a ghost. And then the other thing, here we go. The last thing he did, he took off and he flew up in the air. We think of heaven less real and less vivid than we do it many times. And it's a major lie that Satan wants us to buy into. That we think of heaven lesser. It's... um, You know, we think of some weird things about heaven. Um, The author Stephen King said, I don't want to go to heaven. Heaven sounds terrible. And I got to tell you, I agree with him. If I'm going to sit on a cloud and play a harp, like a little chubby fat angel. I mean, I'm not going to like that at all. I got chubby fat here. I can just do that here. And I don't want to play the harp. I'm sorry. You may like harp. I don't want to play it. Um, And so what I'm saying is if that's what heaven's about, then I don't want anything to do with it either. But I will tell you in the whole Bible, there's not one chubby naked fat angel anywhere in there. And so we should be excited about heaven because heaven is just not about a new you. It's about a new world. The Bible uh, shares with us that heaven comes down out of the resurrection. And we have the city of God and the throne of God is there with his people. And it does this fusion of heaven and earth come together once again. And just as your body comes out of the ground, not as an, you know, not as an acorn anymore, but out of an oak tree, your body's going to be different, but so is, is life and everything else here, a new heaven and a new earth. Here's what we get to do in heaven. When heaven comes down, we get to live, we get to serve, we get to drink, we get to dance, we get to laugh, we get to work, we get to play, we get to worship God, and we get to party. The whole thing starts after the resurrection, after the the rapture, Um, it all starts with a seven-year party. That is a kicking party. That Jesus has, right? Um, And then his thousand years reign and we have, it just gets better and better and better and all that kind of stuff. It just does that. And it's like trading in your broken, beat up pinto for a brand new Rolls Royce. That's what gets to happen when we die. We get to trade this in for something so much better. The great scholar N.T. Wright put it this way. He said this, heaven is important, but it's not the end of the world. It's just the beginning of a brand new world. So that's our first one. Acorns and oak trees. Number two, the next perspective is of already but not yet. There's a tension here that exists because this is not instantaneous. How many of you like waiting for something? No, me neither. Um, And we live today between a space of promise and fulfillment. It's kind of like the Saturday between the original Good Friday and, and the original Easter Sunday. Jesus had promised that he was going to rise from the dead, promised he was going to come back. But on Saturday, his body was still sealed in the tomb and nothing was happening. That stone seemed really, really heavy. There was a space between. When Jesus came, he did die and he did rise. And after that space between Good Friday and Easter, he he rose and he then ascended to heaven and said, guess what, I'm coming back. And so we are in between that time when he ascended, and we're waiting for him to come back more and more. And that's why what we're talking about today, the resurrection of the body is already ours. Why? Because we're not only speaking of the resurrection of the body, but what's the last part of it? And the life, what? Everlasting. It's not just something for then, but it's something for now. It's not just a quantity of life, it's a quality of life. In John 17:3, it says these words, Now this is eternal life, that they know... That they know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. To really know, to be connected. That's not just knowledge, but that's heart knowledge as well. The moment you give your life to Jesus, in your spirit, you become a brand new creation. Fully alive, but we're still in this body. The Apostle Paul said, I can't wait to be free from this prison that I call my flesh. Everlasting starts here and now. It's knowing God. It's having the the presence of God through the Holy Spirit live within you. It's having a relationship with the Godhead and being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we're in this space between fulfillment, between waiting and promise and fulfillment. So we live in that strain. And the world we know is, and Scripture tells us this and we feel it, is groaning to be made new. A world that is afflicted by natural disasters, violence, and war, abuse, terror, crime, injustice, and disease. And we're believing, and we're in between that space when we believe for the world where the lion and the lamb lay down together. Where there's no mourning, no crying, no, no illness, no death. And the bear lays with the goat, and it's full of perfection. So what do we do when we have God in us, but we don't see that eternal glory of God that's here. What do we do in this already but not yet? We fight. We build and we build up. We sing. We worship. We feed and we clothe the hungry and the homeless people. We pray. We pray part of the prayer that we're going to learn um, more so. We pray um, that, uh, that we have your will on earth as it is in heaven. We contribute physically, prayerfully, and financially to support Pastor Oog in Haiti in transforming a community in people's lives. And they're getting ready for their anniversary, and they are finishing up building the church that you all help provide finances for. And you should be thrilled by that because we aren't, if you look at Haiti on the news and you look at this world around us, we aren't seeing that eternal life, but I can tell you if you get something from Pastor Ruge, and we'll share that with you soon, um, if you see what's going on there, then you see that that life everlasting is continuing and beginning now. To a world that's filled with anxiety, eating disorders, suicide, um, all kinds of other things, we can have hope confidently in saying Jesus can save you and can heal you and can give you the peace that passes all understanding as we model this out. You know, we're kind of like dual citizens or we're like, we're like people who have a visa in this world for like 80 years or so, um, and we, got, we had this visa, and um, guess what? Um, this isn't our home. Our home is in heaven, and um, eventually we're going to be there. Number three, we're going to talk about the perspective or the connection between legends and longings. Leg- Everybody say that with me, legends and longings. I want to make sure you're awake. All right. Um, the gospel is very different from a legend. Many accuse this the whole gospel of Jesus Christ by saying, yeah, right, Jesus did not rise from the dead. No way, because th- that's kind of impossible. And um, what happened is somebody told somebody, and somebody told something else, and then it began, it began like the whole thing, like Paul Bunyan and his axe made the, the Grand Canyon, you know what I mean? And, the, and that's how it just started. People just began to use legends to begin to understand that. And so that's, that's Jesus. And you can't blame people for hoping in something. But when we look at the creed, which is based off a of scripture, it doesn't allow us to see that. It's not the stuff legends are made from. It's not a fairy tale. There's not a once upon a time in a, in a place far, far away. It is, the creed is, is really dated specifically. It talks about the reign of Pontius Pilate, who was there when Jesus was there. And you can look it up, and he was the fifth procurator in the area of Judea under Emperor Tiberius. The gospel accounts were shared at a time when people could have gone ahead and checked it out for themselves. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says he, he appeared to a number of people and he said, and Jesus, uh, the resurrected Jesus appeared to 500 others. Many who are still alive, go ask him, but some have fallen asleep. In, others, in other words, some have died. It's very detailed. And you know, in, in our lives we resonate. Humans love hero stories, don't we? whether it's a movie, whether it's a book, or whether it's something else. We love to hear stories about someone who sacrifices so much to save the lives and save many people. There's something in, in you that draws you to a hero who will, who will die so that others can live. And why is that pull on our hearts? Well, I'm going to suggest that because God has put all those echoes into the human race, pointing to a larger, truer reality. And I'll share with you this story that I think is one of the most amazing stories. It's about a guy named C.S. Lewis. Anybody ever heard of him? Uh, You may know him as the guy who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. He was a professor in Oxford in the 1920s. And um, what many don't know is he, for a large part of his life, was an atheist. He didn't believe in God or that he even didn't believe that life, he thought life had no meaning at all. He believed it was just random, no higher power. In the end, everything's just going to burn up. Um, And he was, he was associating himself with existential nihilism, which means there's no meaning in anything. Um, And he believed that intellectually. He's very brilliant. But he admitted what, what caused the belief to fade in him was giving, and had him eventually give his life to Christ, was the way that legends and heroes pulled at his heart. As he described this process, he said it is being a man made of snow, but finding the warmth of the sun melting him, feeling at first a trickle of water drawing his back, and he said it was something that he hated, that feeling. So a big part was his, his study of learning, um, the, uh, reading the Brothers Grimm, who um, You may not know their writings themselves, but you probably saw a lot of Disney movies, including The Little Mermaid, um, which was written by them. They wrote a lot of these things. And he said when he would hear these, something in him began to stir. And it really bugged him intellectually. He should not have emotion when he's intellectual. And he said, because I don't believe these things are real. They're not capable of being true. Yet he couldn't deny that something was pulling at his heart, at the thought of a God that is dying to save the citizens of a kingdom. So one day he was wrestling all this, and he shared with his good friend and fellow professor, somebody else you may have heard of, a professor named J.R.R. R. Tolkien. Um, they were at the same school at the same time. And you can see there's a picture up here, I think I have of them. There's J.R.R. R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis um, at, in Oxford. And um, he was sharing with Tolkien, who was a Christian, about this how it was bothering him. And Tolkien said, Jack, that's what um, his friends called him, Jack. And when he was younger, they called him Jaxie. I don't know why, but that's what they did. Um, And he said, Jack, let's take a walk. And they began to walk around the streets of Oxford um, at at the college. And he said, what's your problem with all these myths? And Lewis said, well, they're lies. And they're they're breathed through silver lips because none of these things are true. And the problem for Lewis was simply this, that these myths make you feel longing and feel desire. And C.S. Lewis, if you want to read about this, he wrote a book called Surprise by Joy. Um, if you ever read C.S. Lewis, it's, it's amazing. Miracles is really deep, but, um, but uh, Surprise by Joy is his autobiography of him coming to Christ. And um, he says he had this, that he had this, I shouldn't care about life after death because it's, it's not true. And that was his attitude. Tolkien said, Jack, what if these things are true, that they're just echoes of a larger truth? And Lewis said, well, what do you mean? And he said, what if the way you feel when you watch or you read Sleeping Beauty is because this world really is under the spell of someone evil and things really aren't as they should be? And what if you, when you read Peter Pan, you're moved the way you are because things aren't the way they should be. And, and deep down inside, you know you were never meant to grow up, to grow old, to get sick and die. And what if humans were really made to fly? He said, uh, and, and when you read Beauty and the Beast, this image of someone who's horribly marred and dis- distinguished by their own treachery, self-centeredness, and wickedness, what if that really could be overcome by the sacrificial love of someone else? and we can really change. Jack, these, these things are moving you because they're echoes that point to a larger truth. They're little stories that point to the greatest story ever told. And they all find their fulfillment in the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The reason you feel the way you do reading these stories is not because Jesus is one more of the stories, but these similar stories, these smaller stories are all pointing to the larger story of Christ. Jack, there really is a good prince who's come into the kingdom so that his kiss can save us from death's spell. And what you're longing for in these legends is what your heart longs for. And that is to have the ache that you can't shake filled with Jesus Christ, the King of kings. Two weeks later, C.S. Lewis wrote a friend of his, Arthur Greaves, and he simply wrote him this. I have become a Christian largely because of that conversation with Tolkien. I don't know what you're looking at or looking to, but I know what the Bible says. We all have eternity that is placed in our hearts. And no matter what we try, no matter what we look for, no matter what we turn to, all of us still feel that pull of eternity. We still feel that I was meant for something more. I mean, if, if it's all about us being born so that we can learn the morals and... Uh, Social cultures in order to go to school, to go to another school or to go to trade, get a trade and to work for so many years so that we can retire and that we can um, lose our health so that we can die and have the best box and the best headstone in the the graveyard. That's pretty depressing. We were made for something more. And we all have the same questions like what's the meaning of life and can I be forgiven of sins? Is there life after death? In the name of Jesus, we are given all the answers. And all your life, your heart will be restless till you're fine with that. So we've looked at acorns and and oak trees. We've looked at already and not yet. And we looked at the connection between legends and longings. The fourth thing is this, the perspective of connection between eggs and baskets. And you're saying, well, you should have started with that sucker. It's Easter. I would have paid more attention. Um, But, and if you pay attention, I might throw some peeps out to you, all right? Um, So uh, who's ever been... Uh, who this year has gone on an Easter egg hunt? Anybody? Raise your hands. Um, who's ever been on an Easter egg hunt? All right. All right. Um, when you're a kid, the only barrier in life is how what's keeping you from getting the most candy. Am I right? Um, and they will deal with anything to get some candy. Um, and what do you do at the end? You send these kids off and they, they go, what do you do at the end of an Easter egg hunt? What do you say to the kids? What? How, how much did you get? We, we all want to know how much candy. Particularly as parents, we want to know so we can steal some of it, correct? Um, and we look at that and we say, how much did you get? And we want to look at that. And, um, and you know, somebody say, well, I got 15 and I got 10, I got 20, and then somebody got like three because they're in circles. And you're like, give your brother or sister some more, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, and we all get really excited about these stupid plastic eggs, don't we? Um, because of what's in them. And the question as we wind down is, what basket are you storing your eggs in? The problem is, storing, is that if we're storing all of our eggs in the basket of this life, the problem is you can't take any of them with you because this life is not made for us to live forever. You're going to die unless Jesus returns in your lifetime, and that would be pretty cool too. Um, but if you're worth, value, your identity, everything is tied into anything and everything in this life, then what's your plan? Think about in October 1929, what happened? The stock market crashed in the Great Depression. Or in October and December of 2008, when the economy really buckled, and there was a number of high-profile suicides of people who had lost billions and millions and billions of dollars in a moment. And they had no reason to continue on because they put all their eggs in the basket of this life. If you have your identity wrapped in your career, your health, your extracurricular activities, your modeling career, or your TikTok following then guess what? What are you going to do when it all collapses? What do you do when you find out you've been building a sandcastle at the edge of the seashore? There's no hope. There's no power. If you achieve success, you build that huge company, millions of dollars, great, great, great. But then what? Is life really the quest to be the richest person in the cemetery? Back at the end of December, uh, toward the end of last year, um, after going through, uh, you know, a year and a half of really difficult times, which many of you um, know with the loss of people close to me with character texts, with all kinds of other things, rather than doing the traditional Christmas series, I did a series on Job. You remember that? And we talked about Job. And Job was the richest man in the ancient Far East. And he had all his money uh, tied up in the stock market, the livestock market. Um, He had diversified his portfolio in donkeys, camels, sheep, oxen. He had servants, and he had 10 children. And there was a day within 10 minutes, several servants came one right after the other, and he lost all his worth in just a couple people coming. And then the last person comes, and every single one of his 10 children had died. They were feasting at the older son's house, and a, a tornado, a wind came, and the roof collapsed, and they all died. After this, Job began to have his health deteriorate. And this, the story takes place with him sitting by on an ash dump, sitting there in the garbage, penniless, bankrupt, scraping his swords with pot, his open swords with pottery. His wife, who was caught in the crossfire of all this stuff, and, and I said she gets a raw deal, said to him, how can you maintain your wholehearted love for God? And do you keep on saying, blessed be the name of the Lord? Well, go on, keep on blessing him and die. His friends come, and I say friends lightly because his friends were nothing but that. Job had everything possible on this earth you could want. He had every egg you could possibly have. And it was all taken away. Now, if Job put all his eggs in one basket in this life, then there's a problem. But in Job chapter 19, he says this. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And in the end, he will stand on the earth. Isn't that awesome? Even before Daniel came along, he understood the heaven and the earth coming together. And he says, look at this. Here's the acorn. And after my skin has been destroyed, after I die and I'm planted in the ground, yet in my what? In my flesh, I will see God. Why? Because God raised him up to a new body, a new life. I myself will see him with my own what? Eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within. Where do you think Job's eggs were? They were in another basket, in the basket of that blessed hope. Are your eggs in this basket or are they in God's? What I'm asking you is is if you would like to give your life to Christ, whether you do or not, and whether you believe or not, if you're a skeptic, if you don't know, if you're agnostic, or even if you call yourself an atheist, number one, thank you for being here. It's a safe place to explore what it means to follow Jesus. And you're welcome regardless of what you believe. But let me say this to you. By the end of your life, even if you don't believe in Jesus, you too will live forever. Because death is not going to be the end of the road for you. It's a bend in the road. There's a f- and, at the, and after death, there's a fork in, after that bend. There's a road that leads to life and a road that leads to shame and contempt. As Daniel said. And Daniel alluded to Jesus, the one who rose in, the, in John chapter 5. says, Do not be amazed at this, for there is a time coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. And those who have done what is good in following him will rise and live. And those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. Your choice which road you're going to go. We're all going to rise. Jesus is saying, yes, there is a heaven, but there also is a hell. And he spoke a lot about it, not because he liked it, but because it's a real place and he doesn't want anybody to go there. He said, the choice is yours. The million-dollar question is, all of eternity is hanging in the balance. How do you you go to heaven and not hell? The answer is not do more good. The answer is um, to trust in Jesus and what he did and you believe. John, in that same chapter, in verse 24, Jesus says this Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who has sent me has what? Eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. See, already, but not yet, promise in Jesus. The moment you have faith in Jesus, you are saved, you are sealed, you are secured of your salvation. God comes to live in your heart, and he forgives every sin you've ever committed. Not because you deserve it, but because he died on the cross and he loves you. I'm telling you there's salvation, hope, and forgiveness in Jesus. And in light speed, I'm not going to stretch it out like I've done, but every week I've given you our grid or our connection of symmetry, clarity, community, and counsel. Symmetry is putting hope. A lot of us put hope in things that can't deliver. We put hope in the eggs in the basket of this life. We need See, somebody found it. Um, we need to view our lives from the perspective of ten thousand years from now, looking back. What are, what's it, what's this stuff going to matter that I put my eggs in this basket now? Clarity. Here's the, here's some clarity for you. Your soul, but there is a physical body resurrection. You're not going to be an angel. Sorry, you're not going to do it. Not going to have wings, um, because the Scripture tells us in Hebrews that the angels wish they were us. Scripture tells us that um, in in Hebrews that they look upon our salvation and say, man, that's awesome. I wish I was them. And so we're not going to be an angel. You're not going to be a ghost. As much as I know you would love to haunt somebody, you are not going to be a ghost. I mean, that would be going to go and scare people. All right? You're not going to have that. But you will live forever. How does this affect our community? It's an awareness that drives us toward compassion to recognize that we are eternal beings. And we're going to spend eternity with people who believe in Jesus. And how do we counsel and advise ourselves? Since we are all eternal creatures, and since there's only two places to go, smoking and non-smoking, and we love people in our lives, then we should be very bold and very serious about the conditions of not only our souls, but those are people who don't know Jesus, if we love them. If we don't love them, then we're just basically telling them this, go to hell. And we're letting them go. So we need to be serious about this and many others. We're going to fly. Isn't that awesome? Come on up, worship team. We're going to fly. I'm going to have a cape. And so in doing that, I'm going to give an invitation today, and that invitation is simply this. The invitation is this. <coughs> Somebody may be saying, I, you know, I'm feeling and sensing this kind of tug <coughs> on my heart. You may be like C.S. Lewis and say I'm not really liking it because it doesn't make much sense. Because I've seen people who die and ain't there. You're right, they're not. They're not. For the Christian, t- to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. I found something very interesting. Our dad was a pastor for 43 years. And one of the things that I saw him the most nervous of was when our mother was right here and he had to come and see her before the funeral. And we were all kind of like, Ugh, this is weird. He had been a pastor for years. He came in, made a, made a little loop um, with his uh, little cart, and you had to watch out. He'd run over you. Um, And he turned, and when he looked up at the casket, he went, she's not here. She's not here. And his grief turned to joy. And guess what? In March last year, he left too. In a moment, he was gone. And we were glad. And people thought we were crazy because we're in the hospital saying, way to go, Dad. They're like, what's wrong with you people? But way to go because that acorn was planted and rose into an oak tree and it wasn't limping anymore like dad did and so if, if you want to be set free just tell Jesus thank you for what you've done because we don't celebrate Haven Church, we celebrate Jesus and, and just ask him thank you Jesus for giving us eternal life I'm going to stand now and as we, as we uh Wind the rest of the service down, and, and if you st- and, and I just ask you to pray with me right now, and, and Lord, we just thank you for this time, and and, and I'm ask early for a, for a blessing over the offering that you're that you're given to us, uh, and that you're going to do some miracles with, Lord. We thank you for that. And Jesus, please fill us with your Spirit and help us to run and not grow weary and to walk and not faint and refresh our hearts, God, as we renew and surrender to you. And for those of you who are sensing this call to open the door of your heart, whether you're here or you're in the sound of my voice at home or or whether you're gonna hear this weeks or months or years from now. You're ready to begin that journey of faith like C.S. Lewis did and to begin to follow Jesus. You might have doubts and that's fine, but come to him. Come to him with your pain, come to him with your sin. And give him your heart. And watch him make your heart sing. And for everyone else here who is like, you know, God, I, I accepted you a, a while ago, but I've been putting all my eggs in the wrong basket. Maybe, not, maybe even not all of them, but I've been putting too many in this earth. And, God, I know in one second all that can be gone. And then I have nothing. God, I want to I wanna put my eggs in your basket. And I want you to, I know we have this promise of already but not yet. And I can't wait. I'm, I just can't wait for that day. When I get to go home, because I'm a stranger. You know, strange and getting stranger all the time land. Oh, Lord, I pray that, that today might be the day. Where with a shout and the trumpet sounds that those who've gone before me, I'll see them get a little head start, but man, I'm going to fly and I'm going to catch up. If you're ready to turn to Jesus or get it right, I want you to say this in your heart with me. Say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I can't fix myself, but I believe and know you can. So I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. I need a Savior and you're it. Thank you so much. And I hope that now, God, this journey begins something as I want to fly and I want to be an oak tree. So do this newness in me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. great day and don't forget the end of the whole apostles creed is one word amen so be it everything we said so be it so now you can't say what you don't what what you don't you don't know what you believe in i can't even say it so you have a great week god bless don't forget to sign up if you want to sign up for the prayer course and all that it's going to be a good time